Welcome to the Alpha Male Coach Podcast, the only podcast that teaches men the cognitive mastery and alpha mindset that it takes to become an influential and irresistible man of confidence. Here's your host, certified life coach and international man of mystery, Kevin Ayo. What's up, my brothers? Welcome back to the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Ayo, and I am back in Mexico. I'm in Tulum, one of my favorite places on our Mother Earth. Brothers, I love it here so much for so many reasons. Now, it's been a while since I've been here. It's been over half a year, and the external environment is changing. So Tulum is growing, and brothers, the external environment is always changing. Our world, our world of form is always in flux. Just like the clouds that move through the air shift their shapes, just like water spills and moves and evaporates, just like buildings of concrete eventually crumble to the ground. It's the force of entropy that exists in this world of form. It's the internal, the internal energy that lives in the realm of sound and vibration, that never changes. That is what is constant, and that is what I love. Here in Tulum, that energy has such positive vibes that it just seems to emanate from this region of the world. And it's so amazing. I really can't say enough about it. And I don't want to spend too much time on this podcast other than telling you I'm back in Mexico, I'm back in Tulum, and I love it. Also, this podcast episode is being released on Friday the 13th. And brothers, I'm not into the idea that Friday the 13th is somehow unlucky. (laughs) I don't believe it's a bad omen, right? I know there's a whole movie series made after it. But I just want to tell you all that tomorrow, May 14th, is my birthday. And some of you may even be listening to this on or after my birthday. My body is turning 43 this year, and by the time many of you listen to this episode, my body will have been growing, changing, and dying for 43 years. I have to tell you, though, my mind feels much younger than my body. Of course, my soul is eternal, so you can imagine the conflict within me, right? And I have an eternal soul. I have a mind that feels like it's in its 20s and a body that's reaching mid-40s. It's absolutely wild. Now, today, we're going to go deeper into relationships. It is Relationship Month in the Academy, and to be in completely candid with all of you, my brothers, my family, relationships are the foundation of this work. Relationships are everything, as you learned in the Mirror of Life episode. We are always in relationships. We are always in relation. We cannot have a human experience without being in relation to something, whether that something be another person, whether it be a thing, a thought, a feeling, or an event. It is only through relationships that we can go beyond form, that we can evolve ourselves, that we can free ourselves from attachment and desire, that we can experience the truth of who we are and exist in a state of loving oneness. Now, based on the universal truth, all of you know that others cannot hurt you. So I'm going to begin this podcast episode by saying that. Right off the bat, I'm going to be saying that other people cannot hurt you. Other people are simply responding to their own universal truth. They are demonstrating a function of their own choices. That being said, I want to clear up some misunderstandings that may be happening in your mind or in your life due to the misinterpretation or misapplication of the universal truth of the model of alignment and how it works and how you can begin to apply it in your life. Because certainly 
I've told you many, many times that no matter what anybody does, no matter what anybody says, no matter what anybody does, no matter how anybody else wants to be in this world, no matter what's happening in the circumstance, you can hold your equilibrium. You can keep yourself grounded and centered in all the positive beliefs that you have in order to feel the way you choose, in order to have the experience that is yours to choose. Now, that being said, there are times when other people do touch us, right? There is a physical contact. Sometimes their actions do harm us. And then we have boundaries. We bring in the rule of boundaries, right? This idea that we can create a perimeter around ourselves. But I want to talk a little bit more about how to truly understand and apply the universal truth. Because sometimes when we get hurt in our relationships, we don't know what to do. And I know that you guys don't know what to do. I realize that everybody coming to the academy is looking for how do I live through my alpha state? How do I really be in control of my mind, master my mind, and own my emotions? And when you listen to this podcast, you may think it's as simple as cause it to mean nothing. Simply change my thoughts about it, change my feelings about it. And not only is that easier said than done, but I believe that it can also be taken as a huge misinterpretation for simply trying to feel better, which leads down the path of resistance. It leads down the path of emotional repression. Now, here's the thing, brothers. When you get hurt by what other people say or what other people do in relationships, I want to tell you, first of all, that if you take this work, if you do this work, and if you truly dedicate yourselves to living in the alpha state, which is a spiritual state, is a state of being. It is very different than the beta condition, which is a very bodily state, a state of external, a state of desire, and a state of attachment, and a state of fear, and a state of scarcity. That's the beta condition because it all has to do with this illusion of separation. So if you're truly seeking the state of being that I call the alpha state, which is a state of unity and oneness and experience, then one day... If you take this work seriously, there will be a day that comes when other people no longer hurt you, that you cannot be hurt by other people. Because really what's happening is other people are never hurting you. They're never harming you emotionally. They're simply triggering within you the experience that you, your soul, is aiming to be released from, that's aiming to be evolved from, that your soul is wanting you to feel. Your soul is wanting you to have this experience so that you can evolve, so that you can release yourself from whatever experience you've been repressing, whatever experience you've been resisting. When I say experience, brothers, I'm talking feeling, right? I'm talking about the emotional experience that so many of us resist, whatever that is. It could be anger. It could be sadness. It could be insecurity. It could be doubt. It could be worry. It could be fear. And of course, they're all derivatives of fear. They're all derivatives of desire and attachment. So there will be a day that will come when other people no longer hurt you ever, ever, ever. They cannot. However, that's not where all of you are. That will be the day on which you realize and actually actualize the true meaning of the relationships, the true reason for relationships, which is to show you what it is that your soul is seeking to heal from so that you can evolve, so you can grow, and you can start to live through your highest self. And it is because you've forgotten this that we react the way we do, right? I mean, that's why we're here. We're here in the academy. We're here in the tribe. You guys are maybe listening to this podcast because your soul is seeking to remember. Your soul is seeking to remember who you are and why you're here. 
And it's simply because you've forgotten. I mean, again, don't beat yourself up for it. We're all human beings are going through it. This is the human experience. We're going through this experience of intentionally forgetting so we can have the purpose of remembering. So it's okay that you've forgotten. It's all right. That's a part of the growth process. It's a part of the evolution. Until you remember this and remember also how to use relationships as a tool for self-creation, which I'm going to go into in the next podcast episode, you have to work at the level that you're at. You have to begin where you are. We don't begin at the top of the mountain, brothers. We don't begin with enlightenment. We begin with suffering and we move through suffering, through the journey of growth and evolution to get to the top of the mountain, to get to enlightenment. The level of understanding, the level of willingness, and the level of remembrance is completely up to you and how you undertake this work. And so there are things you can do when you react with pain, when you react with hurt to what another person is being, saying, or doing. And I'm going to tell you this, brothers, the first is to admit, to admit honestly, this is emotional ownership, to admit honestly to yourself and to another exactly how you are feeling, is to feel it, to literally feel it. And this is where many of you are afraid to do. Because you think it makes you look bad. It makes you look weak. In fact, we've been so trained in our society to simply repress, to simply resist. And I know some of you even look at the universal truth and say the same thing. Some of you look at the universal truth and say, oh, that's how I can do it. That's how I can resist my emotions. That's how I can be stoic. That's how I can be even. That's how I can just be this great, strong, confident man. I should be confident. I shouldn't be insecure. I should be happy. I shouldn't be sad. So many stories we have out there in our society about how we should be. We should never feel these negative emotions. We should just simply train our minds to choose the thoughts that will then make us feel the way we should feel when we're in our alpha state when we're the strong, confident people that we're meant to be. And somewhere deep inside you, you realize that that is the truth. You realize that our soul, because your soul is speaking to you, your soul is saying, yes, like you know that there is a certain level of, I don't want to say necessarily ridiculousness, but there's a certain level of this is not who you are. There's a certain level of this is not who you are to feel that way. So it probably is your soul speaking to you saying, this is not who you are. This is not who you are. However, it's okay because your soul is saying you're bigger than that. You have a higher form than that. You are true love. You are pure love. However, you can't help it. You can't help it because that's where you are. That's the place where you begin. Your soul is sitting at the top of the mountain. As I said, it's sitting at the top of the mountain in enlightenment, waiting for you, urging you, pulling you to evolve, saying, climb, come, come to me, feel the enlightenment, feel the love, feel the purity of who you are. And you're at the bottom of the mountain just wanting to be there, but you have to go through the journey. So you can't help the way you feel. You still feel that way. So there's only one thing you can do. You have to honor your feelings because honoring your feelings mean honoring yourself. And you must love yourself, brother. We talk about love so often. I've talked about love so much this year. In 2020, this podcast, this journey is all about love because that's who we are. We are luminous beings of love having a cellular human experience. So in order to love each other, in order to love one another, we have to love ourselves. How can we expect to understand and honor the feelings of other people? How can we ever begin to recognize what it means to have compassion if we cannot have compassion with ourselves, if we cannot honor the feelings that we are feeling? So the first question in any process, in any relationship with another person is, or another thing, or another in anything, an event, in any relationship at all is, who am I and who do I want to be in relationship to that person or that thing? 
And often we don't remember who we are. And we don't know who we want to be until we try out a few of these ways of being. That's why honoring our truest feelings is so important. No matter what comes up, no matter what's triggered. See, other people aren't hurting us, brother. Other people are triggering the pain that already exists within us. Other people are triggering the dis-ease or the pathology, if you want to call it that. There's something, there's a parasite within us. And it's called the sickness of forgetting because we have forgotten. And so other people are simply triggering that. That's the beauty. That's the purpose of relationships is to be triggered, is to experience that trigger, is to experience that emotion so we can feel it. We can feel it and we can release it. So if your first feeling is how we would typically describe as a negative feeling, you know, I don't like the words positive and negative, right? Because they're so subjective. But again, I'm going to talk about that more in the next podcast. If our first feeling is a negative feeling, I want to offer brothers that you simply have the feeling. Having the feeling is frequently all that is needed to release yourself from it. It is when you have the anger. It's when you have the upset. It's when you have the disgust or the rage or the guilt or the shame or the insecurity. It's when you can feel the sadness. It's when you can feel it that you can begin to let it go. Own the feeling. This is emotional ownership. When you own the feeling, even the feeling of wanting to hurt back, right? I want to hurt this person back because of what they did, because they hurt me. Whatever that feeling is, only by feeling it, that is when you can disown the first feelings as not who you want to be. You have to experience those feelings before you can know they are not who you are. If you don't experience those feelings, if you continue to resist them, if you continue to repress them, number one, they're going to keep coming back. And I'm telling you this, guys, because this is the fact. Emotions are like little kids tugging at your pants, wanting your attention. Hey, give me attention. Give me attention. Give me attention. If you reach down to that little emotion, that little child of emotion, and you pick it up and you give it attention and you love it and you care for it and you smile with it, you play with it, you love it, then eventually it will ask to be set back down and it will go run and it will go play in the playground. But if you do not do that, if you look away from the emotion, if you turn your head, if you ignore the emotion, that little child of emotion, that little guy there who's tugging on your pants is not going to stop tugging. <laughs> you may be able to ignore it for a while through buffering or some other type of busyness, but they're not going anywhere. They're still tugging. They say, pay attention to me, pay attention to me. It's all just a matter of feeling. Feel me in order to let me go. Love me so that I can be released. Let me know that I am here. Acknowledge me and I will be free. You need to let these little children of emotion be free. And you do that by acknowledging them and loving them. And when you acknowledge them and loving them, then you get to choose, is this who I am? Is this the emotion? Is this the experience that I am in this life? You will never get there through resistance. You will never get there through repression. You will only get there through feeling, through engaging, through allowing, through processing. Brothers, the master, the master is one who has lived through enough such experiences to know in advance what his final choices are. He does not need to try out anything new. The master is one who's walked into the emotional bar, you know, the bar of emotion with all the taps of emotion and taken a shot of every one of them. The master's gone through and tried every single one of those drinks of emotion. And since the master's life is devoted to the constant realization of self as one knows oneself to be, they know that there are certain emotions that are not who they are. And they felt them enough to be able to release them 
without having them being triggered through the relationships of other people. That is why masters are immutable in the face of what others might call chaos or calamity. A master blesses calamity because the master knows that from the seeds of chaos, from the seeds of disaster, and from all experience, in fact, comes the growth of the self. Because the experience, the circumstance, is simply the trigger, the experience, the, the circumstance, brother, is the blessing. It's the blessing that triggers the experience so that we can feel it, so that we can have it, and then we can choose. Is this me? Is this who I choose to be in this relationship? The master's life purpose is always growth. And once they have fully self-realized and there is nothing left to do except to be more of that, which comes down to simply love. Brothers, you can create who you are over and over again. And we do every single day. We do this every single day with our minds, either consciously or unconsciously. Our minds don't stop. They don't stop working. They don't stop creating. We are always choosing. That's why as long as we're in a waking state, when we're asleep, we're doing the same thing, but we're dreaming. But when we're awake and we're in our waking state, look around you. You are creating your environment. You're creating all of this. We are choosing who you want to be. You are choosing who you want to be in relationship to everything around you. And as things stand now, you don't always come up with the same answer, right? You don't always come up with the same answer. Given an identical outer experience, given any identical circumstance, on one day, you may choose to be patient, loving, and kind in relationship to what the circumstance is. And on another day, given the exact same circumstance, you may choose to be angry, you may choose to be sad, you may choose to be insecure. And I want to tell you, brothers, that as you do this work, as you go deeper into yourself, as you do more and more inner work, you become closer to mastery. You gain more of that cognitive mastery and emotional ownership as one who always comes up with the same answer. And that answer is always the highest choice. And because of this, the master is imminently predictable. <laughs> the alpha male is imminently predictable. Now, I'm not talking about the conventional definition of alpha male. You guys know this, right? When I talk about alpha male, I'm talking about living through the alpha state. Alpha female living through the alpha state, right? When you become the alpha and living through the alpha state, you are imminently predictable in all circumstance. It's like the quote from The Departed. I love it. It's on my website. It's Jack Nicholson. It's such an amazing Quote, he says, in nearly the beginning of the movie, he says, I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product of me. It's like, I don't want to be unpredictable based on what my environment is process, is what, what my environment is providing for me or what my environment is offering me. I want to be predictable. I want to be constant. I want to always come up with the same answer regardless of what the environment is. On the flip side, the beta is completely unpredictable, completely unpredictable because they're always going with the circumstance. The circumstance is always triggering, 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 and they are allowing that trigger to dictate and rule their life. And you can tell how you are doing on the road to mastery by simply noticing how predictably you make the highest choice in responding or reacting to any circumstance. Now, of course, I've talked about highest choice a couple times, and this throws open the question, what is the highest choice? And that is a question around which have revolved the philosophies and theologies of man since nearly the beginning of time, or at least the beginning of written word, as long as we understand the written word, as long as we've passed these down through, through word and through language, through writing and through language. If the question truly engages you, then I got to tell you something, brothers. If the question of what is the highest choice really matters to you, then you are already on your way to mastery because you are seeking. 
You're seeking that. You're looking for that. And it is still true that most people continue to be engaged by another question altogether. You see, the alpha question is, what is the highest choice? The beta question is, what is the most profitable choice? Or how can I lose the least by making this choice? And you, when you live from a standpoint of damage control or optimum advantage, the beta question, the true benefit of life, the true benefit of relationships is completely forfeited. The opportunity is lost. The chance is missed because a life lived that way is a life lived from fear. It's a life lived from gaining and losing. And that life speaks a lie. It's a lie about who you are. Relationships are not about winning and losing. They're not about us versus them. They're not about higher or lower. They're not about inferior or superior. This is not a competition. This is not a rating game. We're not about how can I be more than this person or how can I prevent myself from having less? It's not about that. You are not fear, brothers. You are love. You are love that needs no protection. You are love that cannot be lost. But you're never going to know this in your experience if you're continuing to answer the question of how can I profit from this most or how can I lose the least? Only a person who thinks there is something to gain and lose asks those questions. And only a person who sees life in a different way, who sees yourself as a higher being, who understands that winning and losing is not the test, but only loving or failing to love, only that person asks the first question, which is what is the highest choice? The person who asks, how can I lose the least or gain the most is living through the outer world. They're living through the body. And the person who asks, what is the highest choice? They are engaging with their soul. They are evolving. The question is, what would love do now? What does love feel like here in this relationship? No other question is relevant. No other question is meaningful. No other question has any importance to your soul than how can I experience the truth of who I am? How can I experience the love that I am in totality and that I bring to this world through my human experience. And of course, we come across a very delicate point of interpretation because the principle of love-sponsored action has been widely misunderstood. And it is this misunderstanding which has led to the resentments and angers of life, which again has in turn caused many people to stray from the alpha, to move deeply into the beta condition. Because for centuries, you have been taught that love-sponsored action arises out of the choice to be, do, and have whatever produces the highest good for another person. And I'm telling you this, brothers, the highest choice is that which produces the highest good for you. As with all profound spiritual truth, this statement opens itself to immediate misinterpretation. The mystery clears a bit the moment one decides what is the highest good one can do for oneself, and then the absolute highest choice is made. And when it's made... The mystery dissolves, the circle completes itself, and the highest good for you becomes the highest good for another. And it may take lifetimes to understand this, because this truth revolves around an even greater one. What you do for yourself, you do for another. What you do for another, you do for yourself. And this is because you and I, you and every other thing are one. And this is because everything is you. All the masters who have ever walked our planet have always said this, whether it's Lord Krishna, Lord Buddha, or Lord Christ. Lord Christ said, verily, verily, I say unto you, inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of my brethren, ye have done it unto me. And yet this has remained for most people merely a grand esoteric truth with little practical application. In fact, it is the most practically applicable esoteric truth of all time. It is important in relationships to remember this truth, for without it, relationships are not what they are meant to be. 
I know so many of us has been taught this. Under our old understandings, people did what they thought would be best for the other person in their relationships. And what does this do? This leads to continued dysfunction in relationships, like people-pleasing at best and abuse at worst. People say, well, this is selfish, coach. It's selfish to put yourself first in relationship. It's selfish to put yourself first and then bring in the love for others. And I'm telling you, putting yourself first in the highest sense never leads to any selfish acts. If you've caught yourself in a selfish act as a result of doing what is best for you, the confusion is not having put yourself first, but rather in misunderstanding what is best for you. And of course, determining what is best for you will require you also determining what you are trying to do. And this is what I'm going to talk about next week on next week's podcast episode. Because as a very practical matter, if you look at what is best for you in these situations where you perhaps you're being abused, right? Let's go to the worst case scenario. At the very least, what you will do is to stop the abuse. You know, we talk about how others can hurt us. Can others hurt us? Well, they trigger within us our own hurt. They trigger within us our own pain. They trigger within us what it is that we have felt since we were little kids and need to heal from emotionally. But what about if we're being abused? What will happen is you will stop that abuse. When you do what is best for you, you will stop that abuse. And that will be good for you and for your abuser. Because even an abuser is abused when his abuse is allowed to continue. This is not healing to the abuser, but damaging. If you allow the abuser to continue abusing, it's damaging for them too. Because if the abuser finds that his abuse is acceptable, what has he learned? He's learned that he can continue to abuse. But if the abuser finds that his abuse will no longer be accepted, what has he been allowed to discover? And therefore, brothers, treating others with love does not necessarily mean allowing others to do as they wish. You know, parents know this about their kids, but adults, they're not so quick to learn it with other adults nor with nation with other nation. I mean, I don't want to go on a tangent here, but look at what's happening currently in Russia and Ukraine. Despots cannot be allowed to flourish, but must be stopped in their despotism. Love of self and love of the despot demands it. This is the answer to the question. If love is all there is, how can man ever justify war? Brothers, sometimes man must go to war to make the grandest statement about who we truly are. We are a species who abhor war. We are a species who abhor killing and murder of each other because we are each other. There are times when you may have to give up who you are in order to be who you are. And there are masters who have taught this. You cannot have it all until you are willing to give it all up. Therefore, in order to have yourself as a human being, as an alpha male of peace, you may have to give up the idea of yourself as a Man who never goes to war. History has called upon men for such actions in the past. The same is true in most individual and most personal relationships. Brothers, life may more than once call upon you to prove who you are by demonstrating an aspect of who you are not. This does not mean in human relationships that if you are being hurt, then you have to hurt back, right? That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying go punch everybody just because they say something. Nor does it mean so in relationships between nations. I'm not saying that we should just go to war with Russia. I'm not saying that. It simply means that to allow another human being to continually inflict damage may not be the most loving thing to do for yourself or for them. And this should put to rest some pacifist theories that highest love requires no forceful response to what we consider evil. In fact, the discussion here turns esoteric once more because no serious exploration of this statement can ignore the word evil. I'm going to go into that next week. We talk about right and wrong in a relative world. 
and the value judgments that words like evil and good invite. In truth, there is nothing evil, only objective phenomena, experience, and data. Yet, your very purpose in life requires you to select from the growing collection of endless phenomena, endless data, a scattered few of which we may choose to call evil. Because unless we do, we cannot call ourselves or anything else good, and therefore cannot know or create who we choose to be. By that which you call evil do you define yourself, and by that which you call good. The biggest evil would therefore be to declare that nothing evil exists at all. Brothers, you exist in this life, in the world of the relative, where one thing can exist only in so far as it relates to another. This is at one and the same time both the function and the purpose of relationship, to provide a field of experience within which you find yourself. You heal yourself, you define yourself, and if you choose, you constantly recreate who you are. Choosing to be the alpha does not mean you choose to be a martyr, and it certainly does not mean you choose to be a victim. On your way to mastery, when all possibility of hurt, damage, and loss is eliminated, it would be well to recognize now the hurt, damage, and loss as a part of your experience because that will release it. You will grow from it. You will evolve from it and decide who you are in relationship to it. Yes, the things others think, say, and do will sometimes feel as though they hurt you. I get it. That's where we are on this journey. We are at the base of the mountain going to the summit. When we get to the summit, what other people say will have no effect. We will be in the mastery of consistency. There will be nothing that can harm us because we have healed from all the inner harm. It is not other people that harm us. It is other people that trigger the harm that already exists within us. And until they don't do that anymore, you will be experiencing what you call harm. And that's okay. What will get you from here to there most quickly is total and radical acceptance and honesty, being willing to assert, acknowledge, and declare exactly how you feel about a thing. Brothers, say your truth kindly, but fully and completely. Live your truth gently, but totally and consistently. Change your truth easily and quickly when your experience brings you new clarity, when you evolve through the experience and feeling of those emotions. No one in their right mind would tell you when you are hurt in a relationship to simply stand aside from it, to cause it to mean nothing, to lay down and be the victim. I would never say that. If you've heard me say that, it is a misunderstanding. It's a misrepresentation. It's a misinterpretation of the universal truth. It's a misinterpretation of this work. Brothers, if you are hurting, it is too late to cause it to mean nothing. That hurt is there for you to heal from. It is a part of what your soul is screaming, begging, pulling you along to grow from. Your task is to decide what it means to you and to demonstrate that, to feel that. For in so doing, you choose and become who you seek to be. And I know this work is difficult. Brothers, when it comes to living the alpha way, the results are matched only by their difficulty. All humans are capable of this path. However, not all humans will walk it. It is a path for those who truly seek to remember the depths of truth by remembering who they are and remembering why they are here. And I say that in no way that is judgmental or condescending or superior. We all have a path. Each one is as important and necessary as the other. This work is the transcendence of the ego. It is a spiritual path. So you must watch yourself carefully. Why are you coming into this work? Are you coming into this work to simply feel better? 
Are you coming into this work to be stoic so that no one can hurt you? Or are you coming into this work to evolve? Are you coming into this work to recognize? Are you coming into this work to experience? Are you coming into this work to remember the truth of who you are? If you come to this work in the aim of advancing the ego, you will only find more of what you bring with you. Let go, my friends. Let go, and you will be free. I love you, brothers. And until next week, elevate your alpha. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. If you enjoy what you've heard and want even more, sign up for Unleash Your Alpha, your guide to shifting to the alpha mindset at thealphamalecoach.com slash unleash.